Hey, I got to tell you a quick story. We're going to pray, and then I'm going to I'm going to jump into my message. Several years ago, a bunch of us guys were at Men's Retreat with Trinity Fellowship, and one of their staff members got up and uh, told a story. And you know, this morning, uh, Greg gave you an opportunity to jump in church. And uh, I know for some of you, that's kind of a stretch. You know, you think, well, I don't know if I want to be doing that or not. And, and this pastor told the story. He said their church was doing the same thing. And it kind of made him nervous and uncomfortable. <clears throat> and he didn't know if he wanted to do that. Well, uh, a little time later, he and some friends are playing golf. And he's lined up for what was a pretty long putt. And he, and he was lined up for this putt. And the ball rolled and it dropped in the hole. And it, when it did, without thinking, he did this. He, he jumped on the green, and he said immediately he heard the Spirit of God in his heart say, oh, yeah, you'll, you'll jump for a putt, but you won't jump for me. And uh, I never forgot that story, and it encouraged me, okay? And so if you're not quite ready to jump, uh, it's okay, but I want you to know uh, when we do that, that that it's okay, and we jump for other things, amen? Amen. All right, let's pray together, and then we're going to get into the Word. Father, I love you. Father, I'm so grateful that I get to be a pastor in West Texas. I'm so grateful that you planted me in Tulia and in Swisher County. Father, I'm so humbled to be pastor of such a great church and such a great group of people. Father, I'm honored to be here and to be able to share your word. Father, as we look into the scripture this morning, we take just a few moments out of our day. Father, I pray that every person here is strengthened. Every person is encouraged. Father, I'd like to see two things happen this morning. I'd like for our hearts to be filled with faith, and I'd like for our minds to be filled with peace. So, Father God, I thank you as we look into the scripture that you have your way in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Everybody knows a couple of weeks ago uh, we had the fire, and I know it's been all over the news and all over Facebook. And uh, Vicki and I live up in the McKenzie edition. And uh, that day I can remember being around town running errands, and as that fire was burning on the other side of Rip Griffin's, the smoke was going kind of northeast, kind of toward Amarillo. And so I, I didn't pay it much mind because it was doing that. Well, later on that afternoon, Ashley got out of school, and she was at our home, and we were in the kitchen doing some food preparation. And all of a sudden, we looked out the window, and we noticed that smoke was coming right over our house. Well, we knew that the, that the wind had changed directions, but it seemed pretty heavy. It seemed pretty dark. And Vicki made a comment about, hey, that smoke's coming right over the house. Well, I stepped out the back door out onto our patio. And when I did, just as I stepped out, a crop dusting plane went over and it was flying pretty low. Now the winds are blowing 50 miles an hour. So I thought immediately, oh my gosh, you know what's going on? Well, then we looked out the front window and our neighbors, a lot of our neighbors were out in the street and I could tell it was more than normal. And you could tell that they were upset and things were kind of going on. And then about that time, a truck with the sheriff's department went down our street and he was on a loudspeaker and he was calling for us to evacuate. And so I went outside and my neighbors were outside and people were getting in vehicles and uh, we, we just gathered some things. I had some medication that I wanted to gather. I use eye drops every day and I, I didn't want to leave those in the house and not have any. And so we just gathered up a few things, just small like that. And we jumped in our vehicle and we headed down uh, the street and we were going to turn and come into town. Well, we couldn't because there's that wall of smoke. So they turned us up the dirt road. So we went up into the country and uh, we went out to a couple of miles out there where Sulmender is. And myself and some of our neighbors ended up there at Sulmender. And we were there and we took refuge there and we were safe uh, until everything transpired and they let us back into our addition. 
Well, after this happened, I was just thinking about it and praying over it and just contemplating kind of what we went through. And the Holy Spirit ministered some things to me that I want to share with you that I want to encourage you uh, just that he stirred in my heart. Uh, and, And here's the first thing. Here's the first thing that was in my heart. Things in our life can change in a moment. Things in our life can change in a moment. And, you know, we all live our lives every day, and, we, and, we, and you know, God takes care of us. But it just seemed like, you know, we were doing fine one minute. The next minute, there's smoke over our house, and they're asking us to evacuate and, uh, and to leave. And you know as well as I do, in a moment, things can change. I want to read to you out of Matthew chapter 7, <clears throat> and I'm going to start with verse 24. Now, this in my Bible is in red, so Jesus himself is speaking, and listen to what he says. He says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the flood came, the winds blew, and it beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now, I want to just share a couple of thoughts in these verses to get us started this morning. Here's the very first thing. He's talking to Christians. Okay, how do you know that, Pastor? Because he's talking to two groups of people, and they both heard the Word of God. They both heard the Scriptures. And this morning, you and I are hearing the Scriptures. Then he divides the people who heard the Scripture into two simple groups. He said, group number one heard the word of God, and when they heard it, they applied it to their lives. They began to implement it into what they were doing. Then the second group heard it, but they didn't. Then he compares it, one built on the rock because they heard the word and they involved it in their lives. The second group built on the sand. Here's the next thing. He didn't say if the storm comes. He says, when the storm comes. See, he doesn't say you might have storms in life. He says, they're going to come. Now, here's the thing I want you to see. Here's what I know about all of us. Probably everybody in this room has been through a storm in life. And you've either been in a storm, you're either coming out of a storm, or you're in between storms. We all face challenges. We all have things going on in our lives. Every single one of us do. It'd be ridiculous for me to get up here and say, hey, nobody's going to have any storms because we're all going to have storms. That's my first point. Things can change in the moment. In an instant, things can go from normal to a storm. Then here's what he says. He says, if you build your house on the rock, you're going to be okay, and I'm going to get you through it. Uh, In Claude, Texas, in January of 1995, they had a grass fire that was 22 years ago. And it was in the evening, and a lot of the community had gone out of town to a basketball game, including a lot of the firefighters. Well, there were five firefighters left in town, and uh, three or four of them were young firefighters. Well, they went and got two trucks, and they went to the fire, and they began to work this fire. And as they were working it, and as they were putting it out, uh, one of the trucks with three young men in it crossed the train track, and they were hit by a train. And one of them was killed at the scene, one of them survived, and one of them died four days later in the hospital. Well, several months later, I saw the pastor of the Methodist Church there in Claude. I knew him, and I asked him, I said, hey, how are those families doing? And here's what he said, and I never forgot it. He said, those who built their house on the rock are doing fine. Those who didn't are not. 
Those who built on the rock are doing fine. Those who didn't are not. Things in our life can change in an instant. Here's my challenge in this first point is that you and I are building before the storm comes. We're building before the challenges come. Now, I'm not saying that you're getting ready for something bad to happen in your life. That's not my heart. What I'm saying is is that you're drawing close to Jesus. You're actively involving yourself in what God is doing. And as you do that, then when the storm comes, you are building on the rock. Here's my second point, the second thing that stirred in me, and that is life is fragile and brief. I saw an example one time of a pastor holding a Bible open in his hands. And on this side, you know, are several pages. He kind of had it opened in the middle. And on both sides are all these pages. And he represented uh, that this side was eternity and this side was eternity. Then he pulled up one page, one page out of the Bible. And as he held that page between his hands, here's what he said. He said, this is your life. He said, all the pages before are eternity All the pages after our eternity, this one thin page is your life. Now, listen, I know you know it. Life is fragile. Life is brief, and it can change in an instant. Now, I want to read to you out of James chapter 4, and I'm going to start reading with verse 14. James chapter 4, verse 14. Listen to what it says. It says, Come now, you who say... Today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, we'll spend a year there, we'll buy and sell, and we'll make a profit. Whereas, you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we'll live and do this or do that. But now you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. Let me tell you what that does not say, then let me tell you what it does say. It doesn't say to not make plans. God's okay with plans, okay? What it says is, is that we live our lives like we have all of this time. This was one of my mother's favorite verses, and the part she loved the most was where it says life is a vapor, and she's passed away now, and my father passed away, and she understood that verse, and she would always quote it around the house. Now, listen, compared to eternity, our life is but a moment, is it not? I mean, from birth until death, however however long that is, life goes by short. I see people all the time, and you know how they live? They live like they have all this time. Oh, I'm going to love later. I'm going to be kind later. I'm going to spend time with my family later. Oh, later on, I'm going to do all these wonderful and amazing things. And man, I'm going to have all this time later, and then I'm going to do it. But here's what I know, and I know you know it too. Life is brief. Life is fragile, and it can end pretty quickly. What's the point, Pastor? The point is, is take time today to do what you need to do. Take time today to tell those that you love and care about that you love them and care about them. And you don't wait till tomorrow. You don't wait for next week. You don't wait for next month. But you do it now because life is brief and it's fragile. Here's the third thing I learned. People matter, not things. Listen to this quote. We love people. We like things. 
Now, you probably heard, if you were here Saturday night, Jeremy Sutton was here. He pastors in Middle and Odessa, and he told the story about how Vicki and I and Ashley were in our home, and we were getting ready to leave. And I, like I said, I gathered up some medication, and then uh, Ashley asked Vicki, is there anything you want to get, Mom? Because we honestly didn't know if we would return to our home. We were hoping we would. We figured we would, but we honestly didn't know if our home would be burned to the ground. Now, let me make something very clear to you. We have some very precious things in our home things that belong to my grandfather, things that belong to my wife's great-grandmother in Europe. We have things in our life that we value and that really have emotional bondage, you know, we're bonded to and we care about. But here's what she said. She said the same thing all of you would say, as long as we have each other, none of, none of the rest of it matters. I know you know this, but can I just encourage you? Listen, I love, I love my stuff in the sense that I'm glad that I have it, but what matters is people. What matters is our loved ones, amen, and that we recognize. And sometimes, you know, we live our life, and we miss that, and it takes these type of situations to help us recognize that what really matters in life are people. What really matters in life are our neighbors and our loved ones, not, not things, but people. Here's the next thing. One of the things that I love about West Texas is our sense of community. I think we live in the greatest place there is in the world. And I think we have an incredible sense of community, and I'm thankful for our community. See, we're a community, but then we live in a community, and I'm grateful for my neighbors. You see, when we spilled out of our house onto the driveway and out into the street, I had neighbors pulling up and stopping and asking, are you okay? Do you need help? My, my little neighbor who lives next door to me, he has a wooden roof, and he was out there with his water hose. Well, you know, of course, the firemen are using all the water, so there's no water pressure, so it's like you know, it's going like this. And so he's trying to water his, uh, his, uh, his roof. He's trying to get his shingles wet because, of course, he doesn't want to lose his home. And I stopped and I said, hey, I said, you're more important than your house. Come on, let's go. And I watched neighbors help other neighbors. I watched them go across the street and make sure that our older neighbors had a ride and that they could get out of their homes and get where they needed to be. I said earlier that we went down the road and we got down to Sulmender. And when we got there, uh, one of my neighbors was there and she had the neighbor's children with her. They're not even related, but she ended up with the neighbor's children. And we went down to Sulmender and we went in there. Now, uh, you know, we know Greg, he leads worship, and I've been in his office many times, and so I knew I could go there. Well, when we pulled up, some of our neighbors were outside, outside in the parking lot, and they asked, hey, do you think we can use the restroom? And I said, no, I know you can use the restroom, and I know you can come in here and you can find refuge. And I know Greg's heart, and I knew that we would be welcome there. And so we went right inside. There were several of us that went in there, and uh, they've got a refrigerator, and we drank all their Cokes. We ate all their food. Uh, they had chips. We ate them. They had crackers. We ate them. I mean, you know, it was burning outside, and we were pillaging inside. And, and so, yeah, so we might need to take an offering for Greg to be able to, to replenish his supplies. But here's what I know. I'm thankful for my neighbors. I'm thankful for this community. And I know that we love each other and we care about each other. And I've seen it many other times besides this. But I saw it very clearly and very obviously. And it really stirred in my heart. Listen, I'm grateful for each one of you. I'm grateful for your friendship. I'm grateful for this church. I'm grateful that we're reaching kids. I'm grateful that we're going to camp in the summer and taking teenagers. Listen, all of us together are making a difference, and I love this community, and I love what God's doing here. Uh, let me quote a verse. It's Luke 6, 38. 
Luke 6, 38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will it be put into your bosom. For with the same measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. One of the things that I know about West Texas, we're givers. We're givers. I've already heard stories of people hauling hay up north and people giving feed and people giving water. And I'm grateful for what God is doing in that. Let me show you the next thing. <clears throat> the next thing, let me go to the verse and I want to read it to you. I'm going to go to 1 Peter chapter 5 and I'm going to read to you verse 8. Listen to what this says. It says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The next verse says, resist him steadfast in the faith. Here's the next thing I saw, and it was the rumors. The rumors. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, we're taking refuge at Sulmender, and while we're there, we heard through social media that uh, rips had burned to the ground. We heard that Keter Meats had burned to the ground. We heard that the restaurant where the radio station used to be had burned to the ground. Now, listen to me. I'm not talking about anybody spreading rumors. That's not my heart. What, what I want you to see is how the devil wants to use rumors to steal your hope and to steal your courage. And so we, we're, we're, we don't know what's going on. We can't see. We, we know all we know is what we're getting through social media. And that's the first thing we heard is rips burned down. Now, I have to say this, okay? I thought, man, that's good. They'll build a new one, and maybe we'll get a McDonald's. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I have to admit I thought that, okay? I thought, man, in my mind, I can see this brand-new shiny rips with this awesome McDonald's. And, and, and I know that's wrong, okay? I know, I know. But, but all I'm saying is, is, is rumors. Now, listen, I, I, wanna, I really want to bring this down home for you personally. The devil wants to discourage you with lies and with rumors. I've talked to people that have medical conditions, serious medical conditions, and sometimes one of the first things their doctor tells them is, stay off of the internet. You know how when we get sick sometimes, you know, you get on the internet and you'll look up a condition and you see the 37 side effects from the medicine and you see that you have three days to live and you're going to die and you're going to be skin and bones, right? And, and you get online and you read those things. Listen, here's what I know. The devil deals in rumors. And you know what he wants you to think? Hey, there's no hope for you. There's no hope for your family. There's no hope for your marriage. There's no hope for your children. Things are never going to change. That's one of the biggest lies the devil has ever told, is you know nothing in your life's ever going to change. He deals in rumors. He deals in lies. And he does it to do one thing, and that is to discourage you. And so through that process, we did not know what was going on, but we had to decide that we were going to trust God, even though we couldn't see, even though we didn't know what was going on. I think that's what the Bible calls faith, is that you trust God even when you don't see the outcome. Then we know, thank God, none of those things did burn down. Now, again, I'm not talking about anybody saying, hey, that that person did wrong saying that. I'm saying the enemy wanted to use that on us and use it on you. Here's what we thought. We thought our, our community's burning to the ground. Our community's gonna be lost. Who knows what's gonna be left of our community? And the devil wanted to use that to discourage us. I wonder what he wants to use in your life to discourage you. So believe the word of God and not the rumors. Amen? Here's my last point, my last thought. 
And that is, of course, I was praying just like you were. Probably everybody in this town was praying. And we were praying the fire, fire would stop. We were prote- praying our firefighters would be protected. And here, here's the thing. I was praying, and I know you were praying. But when I prayed, I felt weak. I felt powerless. I felt hopeless. I felt a little bit like I was Mickey Mouse, okay? And what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, I was praying against the fire, and I was using my words, and I was saying, Jesus, protect our firefighters. Give them wisdom. Help their equipment work. Jesus, stop this fire. Stop it in your name. But here's what I felt like. Jesus, stop the fire, that's what it felt like. I felt like I was weighed about 90 pounds, and, and I felt like Mickey Mouse. All I needed was the hat with the ears and the big white gloves and the big shoes. My shoes are pretty big anyway, and, but I felt like that. I felt weak. I felt powerless. Now, don't miss this. This is so good. You see, it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter how you feel. I want to read a verse to you out of Mark eleven twenty three. You see, it doesn't matter how you feel when you pray. That's not what God's looking for. He's not looking for feelings, okay? It's just, it's you praying. Let me look it up. It's Mark eleven twenty three. Listen to what this says. I love this verse. Jesus is speaking. He says, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. Now that mountain that day was fire, okay? I don't know what your mountain is, but you have a mountain. Be, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Believe those things which he says will be done. He'll have whatsoever he says. Verse 24, therefore Jesus says, I'm saying to you, what things, whatever you ask and pray, believe you receive and you'll have it. Now here, I want to make a real powerful distinction. I don't want you to miss this. I felt weak, but I was using the strongest name in the universe and it's the name of Jesus. And it didn't matter that I felt weak. Here's the thing. I was listening to a teaching by a pastor the other day, and he said something so good. He said, you know, when we pray for people at church, if somebody comes up with a cold, we, we pray. And we, we can pray a simple prayer, and we don't pray very long. But if somebody comes up with cancer or something really serious, if we're not careful, we pray long and we pray loud. And the reason we do that is because we think we're doing something. And we're not doing anything. Jesus is doing it. And here's what he said. He said, when you pray for somebody, whether it's a cold or whether it's cancer, you recognize, you say the prayer, Jesus does the work, and you keep your prayers simple, and you don't have to pray long and loud prayers. You know, in our home, when Miss Vicki prays for you, when she prays for me, she'll put her finger on me. I'll say, would you pray for me? And here's what she does. Jesus' name. Well, for years, I've been offended by that, right? It's like, you know, I mean, I'm your husband. Pray loud. Pray long, right? Pray loud. Here's Jesus' name. You know the most frustrating part about this? After listening to that pastor, of course, as usual, as always, she's right. Yeah, quit. All right, Lord, we just dismiss this service in the name of Jesus. My gosh. You, you get the point. See, she understood the point. It's not you, it's Jesus. I felt weak. Listen to me. I felt empty. I felt hopeless. I felt lost. You have felt the very same way. Can I tell you something? That's the perfect place to be. That is where God wants you, totally 
dependent on him. Listen, we have things in our family we're praying for, and I have no power to fix it or change it. I bet you have things in your family you're praying for, and you have no power or ability to fix it. Listen, that's exactly where God wants you. He wants you right in the place where you feel the weakest, and you cry out to him even in your weakness, and you say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, move in my life, and he will. But as long as you think, hey, I can handle this, he says, okay, big boy, go ahead and handle it. Right? Well, I knew I couldn't handle the fire. I'm not a fireman. I wasn't doing anything. I couldn't do anything. But I cried, and we know what happened. Those businesses didn't burn. It stopped before it got to our houses. God covered our firemen. God stopped the fire, and he moved. Now, don't miss. What have I said this morning? I said that things in your life can change in a moment and take time to build on the rock before the storm comes. Recognize that life is fragile, and it's brief, and make use of each day. That people matter most, not things. We love people. We like things. That our community and our neighbors matter to us. Wave to them. Say hi to them. Tell them you care about them. Don't let the devil use rumors in your life to slow you down and to hinder you. You resist those rumors. And then recognize it doesn't matter how you feel when you pray. You just pray anyway. Listen, I know so many men who won't pray because they feel like they don't have what it takes to pray. That's right where God wants you. And I stood and prayed in my weakness and in my frailty and in my shortcomings. And I felt like I was Mickey Mouse. But I used the most powerful name in the universe. And God moved. And he'll do the same thing in your life. Listen, my heart this morning is that you're encouraged. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, that you are encouraged this morning. Amen? Amen. Would you all stand up with me and let me pray for you? Father God, I love you and I'm so grateful. Thank you, Father, for your hand on our firemen and that they stopped the fire and that our homes were saved, our lives were saved. Father, I want to take a moment and pray for the families in the northern panhandle who lost loved ones in that fire. Father, those young couples that were trying to get cattle out and they lost their lives. Lord, I know they're fine. They're Christians and they're with you, but their families are not fine. Would you comfort their mothers and fathers, their brothers and sisters? Would you comfort their grandparents? Would you comfort their families and their community? Father, as they're buried this week, your grace would be on those communities. Your grace would be on those people. And, Father, we stand together as brothers and sisters in Christ for them as they walk through this time. Father, we love you. We're glad that we're your children and that you're on our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Hey, I love each one of you. Y'all go and be blessed and have a great rest of your weekend.